Now we're getting to the bottom of everything. It's time for Mother Angelica. I mean, that's awesome. Answering the call. Answering the call. This world is no place for Catholic chickens. Answering the call. You call that a failure? I call it a great success. Here's Father Joseph and Doug Keck. And welcome once again to Mother Angelica answering the call here on EWTN Catholic Radio. And of course, each week you join Father Joseph and myself as we review some of the great phone calls that Mother took from her viewers over the years on the live show throughout the 1980s and the late 1990s. And uh, getting Mother's advice, great spiritual advice for everyday people dealing with everyday problems. And again, I'm Doug Keck here with Father Joseph Mary Wolf. Good to be with you. Yes, and relative and relevant and practical advice that Mother always has for us that comes from her just wisdom, her prayer, her experience, her own sufferings that she can bring to bear on the different topics that people would bring up to her. Right, and it's an interesting lineup. We've got Believing in the Host, obviously the Eucharist, very close and near and dear to Mother's heart. Hatred, a problem uh, that uh, persists in our society, seems even worse than it was before. Uh, talking about the last words for dying parents, and finally, get closer to God. Let's talk about believing in the host. Why do you think that was such a problem for people, and why was it so important for Mother to impress mm-hmm. people about the real presence? Yes, and uh, as she says here, people no longer hear, they must see. And she said the Lord said this to her, that the people no longer hear, so they don't really hear the truth of the gospel or respond to it, they must see. And so she talked about the eight-foot monstrance there at the shrine. You cannot enter the shrine of the Most Blessed Sacrament without coming to a profound realization that we believe he is there, and even to experience it. You know, Mother said to me once at the shrine, she said that the shrine itself is a place for people to experience the Lord's presence. And then the castle, which is also on the property, is how they are to live it with courage and valor and so on. And so that shrine that she she built as a testimony to that real presence. It gives you the castle, St. Joan of Arc, again, Mm -hmm. that idea that, you know, being a faith-filled Catholic means standing up for the faith and putting on the the armor of God. Also with Mother, uh, in this particular thing where she talks about people needing to see that losing faith, that idea of saying in the materialist world we're in today, we've lost the sense of the miraculous and the supernatural. Yes, and I think that's where our own example, our own devotion, our love, and that's what we hope to portray, not just to portray, but actually to live in televising the Mass and our different devotions, is that it's a way for us to witness to that real presence by our own devotion. Right, and our Lord said he would be with us till the end of time, believing in the host with Mother Angelica. We have a call. Hello? Hello? Hey, what is your question? Well, I got a question for you, Mother Angelica. Okay. <laughs> but before I ask you, could I ask you to say a prayer for me that I, that I could be healed so I could go back to working with my terminal patients? Sure. I have a spinal problem, and I've been in bed, and I need to go back to my patients. But that, my question for you is, (laughs) you're going to love this, Um, how do I get, and these are cradle Catholics, to believe that the host 
it's not merely symbolic mm -hmm. because they have this like a little nod and wink like oh this is the way it used to be but that's we all know that that's not the way it really is it's just symbolic yeah i know that's a big i think we'll say the prayer for you but that's the big crime today you know, we can understand a little bit that the Son of God would come down and become a man and suffer for us. We can accept that a little bit. But who would think ever that he would come? Body, soul, and divinity. And a little host that big. That's the greatest gift God could give us. That he wanted to be one with us. He wanted us, he and I, to be together constantly. I will not leave you orphans, he said. I will be with you till the end of time. And he who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has life everlasting. He said that. We would have never thought of such a thing. And that's why we're putting up an eight-foot monstrance in that church. I want everybody walks in that door to know for sure God lives here. And they will know. They will know I feel sorry for those who have lost that faith. The Lord said to me a couple months ago, He said, the people no longer hear. They must see how sad, how very sad that our faith is so low We no longer hear. We only have to see. I hope in that church you will see for sure. He is there. Body, blood, soul, and divinity. As for yourself, you can only pray, my friend. You can only pray that the light will be with them again and that they will not continue going on believing a lie. You have to pray hard because he is there. What a pity not to believe. Moving ahead from uh, loving the host and our blessed sacrament, of course, we've got hatred, a real problem, I think, in many ways, has always been with us, uh, Father Joseph, but it seems like a lot of times it seems to be more openly expressed than before. Yes, and this man has tried, as he said, to rectify the situation, and yet it just seemed to continue that there was this animosity that even could come to blows. And so Mother's encouraging him, we'll get in a different uh, department, you know, that could separate you from that situation since it doesn't seem to be improving. 
Right. Interesting, because, you know, you think of Mother Angelica standing up and, uh, you know, not backing down. But here she's saying, you know, you've done what you can. Uh, and the, what the Lord would suggest, you know, you've asked for forgiveness, you're praying for that person. Mm-hmm. That person will not let their anger go, and you should make sure you don't leave yourself in a position where there may be something worse happening, even in a physical sense. I just have to get away to save my soul, is the way she put it, because that's what's most important, that I'm going to live this life of charity toward God and toward others. And if I'm in a situation that I'm just in a constant state of aggravation, then I need to distance myself from that, even for a time perhaps, praying for that person, wanting their good, certainly. But it can be helpful just to distance ourselves for a time from that situation. Right, because it's disturbing our peace. So here is Mother Angelica on hatred. We have a call, hello? Oh, hi, Mother. How hi, are where, are you, where are you from? I'm from the Scranton area. Wonderful. What is your question? You were talking about hatred at the beginning of your program. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, well, I have a situation that, that I, I work with a fellow at, at work that's not a very good situation at all. There's a lot of hate between both of us. Mm-hmm. I try to rectify the situation. I try, I try to go up to him and apologize to him, but he's not the type of person that, that accepts apologies. He's mm. sort of a cold-hearted I, I pray a lot, and and, and, he, and I keep him in my prayers every morning. I ask God to help both of us, yeah. to, you know, try to help us uh, rectify the situation. But he, he still has doesn't want anything to do with it. And uh, do I, you I, work together or just the same? We work together. We work. We work in the same department. We work in an industrial plant. Yeah. And, and we do work in the same department, and it's it's not a good situation at all. And, yeah. At times, uh, I feel like it, it may even become physical. You know. Not good at all. Why don't you get another job? Are you there? I have. I've been there almost 28 years. No. You're there 28. Can you go to another department? Yeah, I could. I could. That could that could be something I could do. Oh, you need to. You you if if see the fact that you're praying though, and the fact that you had tried to ask for forgiveness, or you received, you told him you're sorry. Now, your duty is done. Now, you may have this hatred in your heart, but see, this is where you need to go to Jesus and look at your scriptures. How did Jesus act when they did so much unfair, hateful, mean things to him? He forgave. In fact, he even excused. I would suggest, and when you say it could be physical, that's a very serious kind of hatred. You cannot go to bed with that on your heart. You need to go to the company and say, I would like a change. This man and I cannot get along. I'm afraid something very terrible is going to happen one day. And I'll take a job even if it's lower pay. I just have to get away to save my soul. You need to do that. And keep praying for the man. And give that hatred Say, Jesus, take away this hatred. But see, you're keeping yourself in a position that you can't handle. That That's not the right thing to do. It's like an alcoholic going to cocktail parties every night. Well, what do you expect, for goodness sakes? <laughs> he may not drink the first two or three nights, but I'll make a bet by Sunday night he's crocked. So you you put yourself in a very bad position that you could get out of. Please, 
go to another department. Have peace of mind in your heart. And don't allow that person to occupy your mind from morning till night. And then go to confession. There's more Mother Angelica answering the call on EWTN Radio. Let's return to Mother Angelica answering the call with Father Joseph and Doug Keck on EWTN Radio. And thank you so much for staying with us, Father Joseph Mary Wolf, along with Doug Keck, Mother Angelica answering the call. We've got a twofer coming up in this segment, Father Joseph, the last words for dying parents and also return to the faith. What do you think about when you're de- dealing with the idea of last words for dying parents mm-hmm. where people realize they, they didn't really say what they wanted to say before their parents moved on? Yes, and I've heard that many times, you know, that there's a certain regret. And I think we feel it even more intensely when the person's gone. We realize that I mistreated them, perhaps, or I didn't say ever that I loved them or didn't say it often enough or closer to their death. So, and we know during this whole COVID crisis, how many people had anguish over that very situation. But Mother points out that... God is not limited by our time and how even in that moment of dying, that soul is given the opportunity. He's given, he or she is given that opportunity to respond to him. You know, as priests, we are taught to ordain even if we would arrive and that person has been declared dead because although the physical signs may be there, we don't know the moment when the soul separates from the body. And what God is doing in those last moments when that soul is going before him. And so there's reason for hope, right? Because God wants their salvation. Absolutely. I think the great insight of purgatory and praying with the saints and with our loved ones is they can can still hear us. Uh, We can still talk to them. We can still... Uh, ask them for their support, but also pass along uh, maybe our apologies in some ways. Mm-hmm. And we also have people returning to the faith, where Mother dealt with somebody who uh, was uh, had just come back to the faith. Right, and so that's always good news, isn't it? We've heard that, and you pass around those emails so often, which I always read, because I never tire of hearing how the network has blessed people. And so this woman has her own testimony you know, of how Mother has helped her, too, to return to the faith and to have that peace restored to her soul, even after a tragic event. Exactly. Last words for dying parents and then return to the faith. We have another call. Hello? Hello, Mother. Where are you from? I'm from Boston. My name is Joseph, Mother. And what is your question? Mother, um, a few years ago, I lost three of my parents. I'm sorry. That's okay. Thank you. Um, I'm a little upset because I never really got a chance to say goodbye to them or I loved them. And, and the things that I've done in my, in my youth, I regret a lot of it. And now, and you know, it feels like I never got a chance to do all that. And I've been saved and everything as a Christian, but I just feel like, I don't know, I don't know, I, I just feel like I'm so lost because I... I don't know if they're in heaven or or what, or, and 
you know, my mom and my dad died the same year, and my stepfather died a year after, and I just never got a chance to talk to them. And why, why do you think they're not in heaven? Well, my parents, they weren't really the type that went to church, and I've always went to church because my, my parents made me go, but um, when my mother was in the hospital, when my parents were in the hospital, they they were dying so, somewhat together, and and I talked talked to my father, but I never got a chance to talk to my mother because she was technically hit by a drunk driver and she mm. was brain dead. And I don't know because I'm I'm just I was 25 at the time, and and my family tried to shield me from that and from seeing yeah. really seeing her and talking to her or talking to the family. Period. And now that I'm older, I feel like I never really got a chance to do anything for them, and I, you know... It's, oh, but that's not true, honey. That's not true at all. I don't think anybody dies that you love, that you don't think of a thousand things you might have done, and you think you didn't. I think that's, that's true of all of us. Don't do that. You see, your mother's heart was probably with God. And though she was hit very hard, very suddenly, there's no reason for you to think she didn't save her soul. She may not have gone straight to heaven. But I believe, and Father Groeschel said that, and it's also written in the book of Sister Faustina. That made me very happy. If a person dies at this moment, there's a short instant that they see God and have that short time to say, ah, I'm so sorry. That's enough. That's enough to be saved. Okay? They may have to kind of get purified, but that's enough to be saved. Now, number three, you can tell your parents what all the things you wanted to do. Pray for them. Pray for them. If they're already in heaven, they get accidental glory. What does that mean? Well, did you ever go outside suddenly and you looked up and there was a sunrise? Did you ever do that? And you went, oh, like that. Did it change your miserable life? No. <laughs> did it change it? No. What'd you have? A moment of total joy. Well, now in heaven, they don't have a miserable life. But if you pray for those, even in heaven, they get that accidental glory. It's like, oh, wow. If they're in purgatory, they go, oh, what a relief. So pray for them. That, that, should, that would make up for everything you think you should have done and didn't. So have peace, 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 peace. And if you're lonely, go to Jesus, your nearest church. He's lonely there too. Very lonely. Let's pray for the cathedral in Iowa that was burned down, I understand, by a Satanist. We do not live in easy times. Pray, pray, and pray. We have another call. Hello? 
Hello, Mother Angelica. Hello. Where are you from? I'm calling from Rhode Island. And what is your question? It, I'll just sum it up real quick. Seven years ago, I was a victim of a violent crime just weeks prior to my preparing to spend time with a religious congregation of sisters. Uh -huh. And the crime was so heinous that I abandoned the Lord and the church for many years. But I thank God I recently came back. Thank and you, I Jesus. did it all the right way. I watched your program faithfully and not Thank only watched you, you, but I listened <laughs> and I acted upon all your advice and I went to confession regularly. I sought a spiritual <sighs> director and I'm now preparing to go and spend a weekend with the sisters um, who I was supposed to go with seven years ago. And Wonderful. Praise God, despite the fact I still have a disability from my injuries and it's not really their policy. They're, they told me that... You know, they're still interested in meeting with me and, you know, and they love me and they want me to come and see and that's what I'm preparing to do. Wonderful. So I'm just wondering if you could give me any advice on different things that I should do the rest of this week to prepare for the weekend. I would just pray, honey, and have joy in your heart that you've come home. The most wonderful gift in the world is to come home. God is your home. You know, the Lord is your home. Heaven is your real home. This is our testing ground. That's what it is. And, and we're all we were created by God to be with God. And it's so important that I say yes to God in everything. And I think you should be prepared to look at this as a new opportunity, as a new life, hoping we will pray that they accept you and that you can live religious life but go in with a purpose to always accept and to accomplish the awesome will of God. And he will guide you. Thank him that you were able to forgive and forget this person who injured you so badly and, and be happy again. That's a great grace from God. People take years and years and years and years to forgive something that bad that injures you. So I would just prepare by saying, just enjoying the fact that you're going to have this weekend. I say, Jesus, give me all I need to accept this way of life and to live it well. And I know our dear Lord will bless you. He's already blessed you. Huh? And we arrive at our final segment here on the program, Mother Angelica answering the call with a call about getting closer to God. How does one get closer to God, Father? You know, Mother is talking about the saints are not obstacles to that. And she says, the saints were mostly ugly, right? So we're not attracted <laughs> by their physical attributes, but what, what attracts us to the saints is that they love Jesus, and they lived faithful to Jesus, and that's what draws us to them, and how they will help us and if that's the case, that we admire them because of their devotion to Jesus, how they practically show us how to live the gospel, then there's no danger that they're going to separate us from him in any way. Right. And she makes the point, just like the spiritual life, God will attract you to some saint, and then all of a sudden you begin to love him or the Holy Spirit or the Father or Our Lady. And I think all of us have experienced that in their lives. How about you? Which is your, your saint, Father Joseph? Hmm, so many, of course, St. Francis, and he was one that especially inspired me to a religious life because I just saw him as sincerely living out the gospel. That's what he wanted. 
And that just really drew me that there wasn't what he was trying to do was just striving to be faithful, to be uh, authentic and living out his life for Jesus. Me, it was St. Jude. He was the only one who could help me <laughs> succeed here at EWTN. And as we close things out, Mother Angelica talks about getting closer to God. We have another call. Hello? Hello, Mother. Hey, where are you from? I'm from Aptos, California. Wonderful. And what is your question? First of all, Mother, I want to thank, I, I mean, I'm just so grateful to our Lord um, for you and your thank show. You. I was you. just recently Praise confirmed. God. Wonderful. And um, what I want to ask is, I have a special um, devotion to St. Therese of Lisieux. Oh, but, yeah. But I would like to get to know Jesus. And I was wondering if he t could give me some advice on how I could deepen my relationship with Jesus. Well, we have to understand, you should never have a fear of not getting close to Jesus because you're like St. Therese or St. Jerome or St. Anthony or anybody. The very fact that you love them. What is it you love about the little flower? That she was close to Jesus. That's what you love about the saints. You know, they, they isn't their hair or their, most saints were ugly. They were not handsome or beautiful. I mean, you know, Vincent de Paul had a, ooh, boy. Some of them were bald, but you always see hair. I never saw a bald statue. Did you? Well, you know some of the saints were bald. They didn't all have this big head of hair. So they were normal and human. But what you admire about them is not themselves. You admire the little flower because she was right at it all the time. She wanted to give Jesus everything. Jesus doesn't, you know, it's like a child. You give it milk and then you give it this terrible stuff in jars. You know, I, I don't know how they ever get to eat with that stuff. Ooh. No wonder they... <laughs> I hope somebody here don't sell that stuff. <laughs> but see, we, we just like the spiritual life, God will attract you to some saint, and then all of a sudden, you begin to love him, or the Holy Spirit, or the Father, or Our Lady, all of these things, God takes us on a normal human level and begins slowly to make us understand and, and know Him. When you read the life of the little flower, you're going to know Jesus better. Especially Our Lady. Anybody who loves Our Lady loves Jesus. And there's no way we can get away from that. No way at all. Why? Because every saint did not become a saint by thinking of another saint. Okay? They helped each other sometimes. You know, all the Carmelites know that it was a Franciscan who helped St. Teresa of Avila. <laughs> Just wanted to put that in. <laughs> and so all the saints helped other saints, but they all are led to God. So don't worry. Little Fire will be sure, if you love her, she will be sure to draw you closer to Jesus. For more about Mother Angelica and to listen to her shows, go to EWTN.com. See you next time on Mother Angelica, answering the call only on EWTN Radio.